Fam Podcast. TheRadioFam.com. Radio Fam, welcome to Season 5, Episode 9. This week I've got Lindsay Cochran. She is a uh, syndicated radio host, Life with Lindsay. Um, she is somebody that stood out to me, obviously, social media, you know, that whole thing. She's putting out video podcasts. Um, but what really made her stand out was because, you know, I'm a marketing nerd, of course. So I saw on social media a few years ago that she, right before the pandemic, that she went to CRS and to promote her show, she had a giant QR code on the back of her sweatshirt. And I was like, oh my God, like, isn't like who else was doing that? And obviously we saw that the QR codes got really big during the pandemic you know, she was doing it right beforehand. And I was just like, Oh my God, like nobody's doing that. And then like, um, and then with her, she business cards, she was giving out some, um, of like the headphone jacks as well. And I remember like thinking, or that's kind of what inspired me to give out some headphone jacks at morning show boot camp as a part of my little marketing packet as well, because I just know that that's just a tiny little investment that gets radio people all excited. And this is just an overall good radio conversation with Lindsay. We cover a few topics in here, like, you know, being authentic and, um, yeah, and just just some just the struggles of radio really um so yeah and I appreciate you if you're here like a some of you I know are new listeners I know we've been putting out more like social media clips so I know that there's more people checking this out and tuning in so I appreciate you know when you guys like like and inter- engage and everything and even if you don't watch these episodes on YouTube you should totally if you have a YouTube account you should totally like subscribe anyway just because it helps my numbers and it's super easy to find now by the way you don't have to even search it on YouTube you can just go to the radiofam.tv and I'll redirect you right to the uh, the YouTube anyway enjoy this episode with Lindsay and take it away so I started in radio when I was I'm going to give my age away a little bit here, but it's fine because I still look young. Okay. <laughs> um, but I didn't start radio till I was 24 years old, which is, you know, I know I have a lot of mentors who are like, oh my God, I was 15, like leaving high school and like going to the radio station. I didn't do that. Although there is a slight part that a lot of people don't know. And I don't, it's not that I don't like to tell this part, but a lot of people kind of feel like, oh, that's why you did radio or that's why you got a job. And it's not it. My mom worked in radio as a child. Um, mm-hmm. at Intercom Norfolk or Odyssey Norfolk. And she was a business manager. And so I was always around radio my whole entire life. So my mom always wanted me to go into sales because, you know, she wrote the paychecks for the jocks. And she also, when it came time to cutting people, she had to make the decision because she made the financial decisions. So she knew how fickle the industry was. And as a young age, you know, when I didn't really know much, she was like, you know, you should be a salesperson. They drive Mercedes and they, you know, they have a good life because they're making all this money. This is also back in the nineties also. Um, But my mom was a single mom with two kids and she was kind of stressed out probably just because of that. And I kind of rejected radio for a long time because what I kind of saw my mom go through, it was probably more personal than it had anything to do with radio. But I also have been going to concerts and like living that life since I was a kid because of my mom. And I didn't want to do radio because I was like, I don't want to do sales. That's just not what I want to do. So I rejected it for a while. And then after I I only went to college for two years, I was going for music business, but I only went for two years and then I was bartending and then I was done with that kind of life. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get a job as a promotions assistant just to go like backstage and do cool stuff. You know, because again, a lot of radio people, they'll have the story. I always knew I wanted to use my voice. I always knew I wanted to be on the radio. That wasn't necessarily the case for me. I was like, cool. I'm just going to like go backstage and like do cool things. I got paid oh, yeah. $8 an hour. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. nothing. 
but it was cool. And so I did that for a year and I was like, oh my God, I fell in love with the programming side of radio. I'm like, okay, so my quirky personality fits here. This is where I fit. I don't fit sales negative, no shade to all the salespeople. Cause like shout out to you for like selling us, but I just, I couldn't do it. You know? See, I feel like you'd be good at it because you're personality but see a lot of people say that yeah. a lot of people say that I mean in, in, in a sense you kind of are especially now when you're really just selling your my personality is my brand yeah so I mean basically you're essentially selling yourself you know mm -hmm. but True. in my mind I didn't want to do it and so I did that and I felt I fell in love with programming and and then I just kind of oh god I, I would never want to listen to any of these air checks but <laughs> no one asked me to be on the air at that time I just went in the studio and I started making a demo oh. and I was just like voice tracking days that were because back in the day I, I forget what program they use but I could go back to days that had already passed so it wouldn't affect any new logs or the day the day of log so I would just voice track and I went to my operations manager Don London and just said hey like I want to be on the air and he would air check me and it was literally the worst like <laughs> oh my god you sit in there and they're like they playing your break like loud over the speakers and, and you're just sitting there like, oh my God, this is so warm. It's like right taking notes. I'm like, oh my God. And I mean, of course now it's fine, but like then, <laughs> like, oh my God. And he would give me feedback. And then I was kind of like the go-to person for all four stations. We had a top 40, um, 94.9 The Point, which is a hot AC, which I got my start on. Um, and then we had 2WD, which was an uh, AC. And then we had 95.7 R&B, which is an urban AC. And so I became the go-to person for all four stations, like taking care of everything. Um, I wasn't on the air with all four stations, but like I overnight produced for their uh, morning shows at times. I filled in. I was running my, I'm a whole call him out, but my program director at the time. Now this is, and this is before voice tracking was really a big thing, but he would voice track his afternoon show and I would run the board. I would take callers. <laughs> to make it look like he was there. I mean, he'd be in the building. He'd be oh. in his office. He just didn't want to be in the studio. I did all the work. He was just on the air. Okay. So one day, my Don London comes in and goes, hey, you want to get your on-air start tonight? And I'm like looking around the room like, who's he talking to? He ain't talking to me, right? What? <laughs> he's like, no, you. And I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, cool, because a hurricane's coming, so you're probably going to have to stay the night here. You're going to have to give weather every 15 minutes. Can you do that? And I'm like, yeah. And he left. Now, mind you, I don't know shit. I don't know how to go on the air. I don't know how to go on the air. I don't know when to talk. I don't know nothing. All right. Ugh. So TS, he's the program director of Z104, comes in and goes, hey, do you know how to go on the air? And I go, no. He's like, I'm going to help you. So he prints the log out for me and he helped me. And I got my on-air debut. I know this doesn't happen anymore because we don't have live overnight jocks anymore. Yeah. But I had to do an overnight shift and give the weather every 15 minutes to update for the hurricane and thank god it wasn't like major because that you know i i mean i i mean it could have been crazy but it, i was it, gonna say still i love that it's like a dangerous situation they're like uh yeah actually you want to stay here cover. i'm like cool and i of course i like wanted to be on the air and that's sure. kind of and then you know so that's how i got my start and then i started doing overnight shifts because of course i was so young and naive at the time and then i was doing weekends and then you know i've always wanted to do personality radio so i went to don and i said hey I want to do morning radio. And he's like, well, you can't just jump into morning radio market 42. That's what Norfolk and Virginia Beach is, is market 42. And I said, okay, well, what do I have to do then? And I, he said, well, I said, what do I have to do then? He said, well, you're going to have to leave and go to a small market. I said, oh, that's what I have to do. Well, that's what I'm going to do. Cause I'm just so ambitious. I'm an, okay. And that's what I gotta do. That's, that's what I'm going to do then. And he was like, no, I actually don't want you to leave. And I'm like, 
but I want to do personality radio. And he's like, all right, well, I know a couple people. I'll send your stuff out for you. Now, I had never had, I wasn't technically a full-time jock at that time, but Don sent my, to a former PD of Z104, who now is the program director of K92 in Roanoke, where Monica is. And that's how I met Monica. So anyways, and so he sent my stuff to him and he's like, hey, I don't have anything. I don't think much of it. Okay, cool. I'm just sending my stuff out, still doing like, all, I mean, I was basically part-time, but full-time at the station because I was no, doing, some, right. Mm-hmm, I was working three jobs, doing the whole thing. And then, then Kevin called me back and said, Hey, I don't have anything at K92, but I consult a station at JMU, which is in Northern Virginia. And they're looking for female talent for the morning show. Do you mind if I send your stuff? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So they called me and I ended up, that was my first full-time job was on a morning show. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Now wait. So, so I, you know, of course I'm ecstatic. This is amazing. I'm going to follow my dream. Like, because once I fell in love with radio, I fell in love. I was like, I, it I knew it. It doesn't. It's, yeah, once it, it's, once it, it's in your blood, it never leaves. I know. And I wanted to be a syndicated morning show host. I knew from a young age that I had to be syndicated to survive in the business. Um, I, I, I knew all these things. And so anyway, so I was like, I get to follow my dream. Everything is great. Boy, was that first job a lesson. <laughs> it was a lesson. Because let me tell you. So I got hired okay. to be this guy. His name is Hobart. Shout out to Hobart. I don't know where he's at in life. I don't know if he does radio anymore. I don't know. And bless his heart. He was a stoner kid. So, you know, <laughs> he would say something fun. He, I would say something funny in like eight, Teen minutes later is when he would laugh. Like it was just, there was no chemistry there. Okay. And uh, so then my PD at the time was like, well, I'm going to come do the morning show and I'm going to move Hobart to afternoons. Okay. Well, at first that was a great, that was great. Okay. <laughs> great. Because you were excited to try somebody new. Correct. Okay. And, and there was good chemistry. We had a live news guy, which I know that hardly happens anymore. And he would come down, come in the studio. We would have fun. It would be bantering. What radio was supposed to be a real conversation where we're having fun, you know, kind of digging on each other, but it's not like demeaning. You know yes. what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Because, you know, you should be, you know, in life, you like a brother and sister, you pick on each other, stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was great. Well, then he discovered that people liked me and he did not like that because he thought I was trying to steal the spotlight from him, which I was just being myself, you know, I mean, and then, and then the mental abuse started after that. You know, he told me I, sh- I would never work, that people don't like me, that women don't like me because I'm too opinionated and I need to be barefoot in the kitchen and pregnant. Oh, yeah, I was told that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So you had to co-host with this guy. And he was your PD. Oh, and he was my PD. He would yell at me in front of clients. I mean, I had friends that would listen and be like, how can he talk to you like that? Oh, and I'm like, and everything. I'm like, I don't know. I just but I had I would cry myself to sleep every single night. Mm. It was bad. Like, but you know what? I look back at that experience now and I'm like, it taught me so much about this business because, honey, (laughs) It's not always rainbows and butterflies. And I, I'm thankful now. At the time, I wasn't. It was it was a tough time because I was so excited to like start my dream, but it was a miserable situation. Yeah. The, the last straw was, this is the very first time I got fired, so I'll tell this story. Okay. I did all the work for the morning show. I came up with all the contesting. I came up with all the breaks. I literally would write the prep out for him, like bullet point style. Okay, he did nothing. He just 
click the mics on. That's all he did. One morning, he got a hair up his ass, I guess. I don't know. It was like, hey, we're going to watch this video on the internet and we're going to talk about it. There was like 45 seconds till we went back on the air. I'm like, okay, cool. So I watched the video and I didn't have much time to watch much of it, you know? So we go on the air and, you know, he starts asking the who, what, when, where. And let me tell you something about Lindsay. I don't bullshit, okay? And so he asked me a question of like, when is this happening? And I had no idea. And I go, I don't know. Oh, he was pissed because I didn't have an answer for his question. Okay. But I didn't have time. So, I mean, I could see him fuming on the other side of the board. And so anyways, we end the break. And as soon as he turned those mics off, he's like, but he's like, you stupid fucking bitch, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I was done at that point. I was done holding in. I was done. And so we start physically screaming at each other and it's eight o'clock in the morning. And now the whole office is in. Oh my God. They hear this. Now they, the story gets better. They report it to my GM who is a woman. And I knew I was going to get pulled in the office to ask about what happened because we were screaming at each other. I mean, I just couldn't take it. I I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. So I, um, this woman general manager pulls me in and uh, my name was on the show, by the way. (laughs) Okay. Mm. Let's just, let's, we're going to, we'll get back to that. Okay. So she's asking me what happened. I'm telling her, I'm telling her it's a hostile work environment that he's, uh, you know, berating me in front of clients on the air, all these things. And she says to me, well, when you're in the studio, you should raise your hand. And when he wants you to um, talk, he'll call on you. And, mm-hmm. and she said it so nonchalant and then just kept talking. And to me, it was slow motion because I remember sitting in that chair like, she just told me to raise my hand to someone that my name is on this show. Right. And I have to raise my hand to speak like I'm a kindergartner. And yeah, yeah. I, got, I got fired like a month later. <gasps> mm-hmm. <sighs> Of course. Yeah, because they were like, oh, we're, you know, uh-huh. Ryan and Lindsay's show is canceled and we don't need your services anymore. And I was like, and that was my first time. And that's when I learned about radio, right? <laughs> then and there. I was like, oh, because I become the problem. I told uh-huh. them what was happening. I become the problem because he's a manager. Yep. And I got let go. It's amazing how much that happens. And it's, it sucks, but it's it's crazy. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, and then so then I went across the street. <laughs> I got hired at the radio station across the street. And I actually, now this was such a small market. I say I was a program director. I never had that title. I mean, I made no money. But I literally was the program director for the station across the street okay. um, because it was a hot AC. And I also had to be on a classic country radio station, which is crazy because that was their moneymaker. Okay. And so that was the first time I did country. We're like, we're talking Merle Haggard, Conway Twitty. I knew nothing. And bless this guy's heart. He was so genius. I was like, hey, I don't know anything about this. He's like, it doesn't matter. Ra- Radio is a theater of the mind. Just make everyone think that you love this music. And that's what I did. And they loved me for it. And so I was on the middays there. And I actually did a, a live request show where I moved every single piece of music, which does not happen anymore. And I was, I was on the after, so I did middays and then afternoons for the other station that I was programming. And I picked all the music and I wrote imaging and I made clocks and I did all that stuff. So thank God for small markets. Cause that's where I learned all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did that. So the, and, and they, the heads, they, they sent me a cease and desist letter. But you signed sure. a contract? No, I had a non-compete though. Oh God. I did have a non-compete, but I mean, God. you fired me. That Exactly. That's what I don't understand. They fired you. That makes me, it should completely yeah, it be null and void like you fired me so it should be done right so so anyways so i got the lawyer and I, they were he's like they're ready to um take you to court and I said, that's funny because i'm pretty sure i told them it was a hostile work environment and they fired me and i have all the proof 
And then so this one, so they as oh, 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 well, she can stay over there working. She just can, has to come off the air for 30 days. And I said, okay. And I did. And listen, true story. And maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't tell this, but this is the truth. I had lawyers, employment lawyers begging me to sue this radio station. And I didn't. Do you know why? Because I was like, I'm going to be looked at that. I'm sought out after money and I'll be blackballed from the industry. And all I want to do is work in radio. So I didn't do it. It's interesting how many people will keep things quiet too, for exact reasons like that. Don't want to get blackballed. Don't want to. And they just end up holding in things that they shouldn't have to hold in. I have so many stories. So then I went there and then I actually got fired from there too because the guy who hired me was amazing. He was um, the GM, but came for programming, which is very unheard of, but he was so good. The company moved him somewhere else. They made the sales manager, the GM, and he was um, <clears throat> messing with someone who didn't like me. And oh. I taught her everything she knew about radio and she wanted me out. So then I was out again. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so then, so um, I then went to West Virginia radio because I randomly sent my stuff to Charlie Cook and I didn't know who he was at the time. I mean, I know, you know, his name now and what he carries in country radio, but I didn't know. I was just sending my stuff. He's like, hey, can you be in West Virginia in two weeks? And I was like, I mean, yeah, let's go. Boy, that was a culture shock. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I was I was hired to be on the new top 40 in West Virginia. They hadn't built it yet. So they put me on an AC morning show. An AC. (laughs) I was young. I was like partying and shit. Like I and he was like, just well, just don't talk about so much the partying. You'll be fine. And then this is one of the craziest things I ever had to do in my career. I was on the morning show. That was horrible. The guy called me a doofus, thought he was funny. I mean, what? Who uses that word? I, right. I, say, how old is he? I don't even remember, but he was older than me. He was also one of those guys that was big and bad behind the microphone, but you got him out in front of people, couldn't talk to anybody. He'd run and hide. Insane. Insane. Like you work in radio. How? But these people have dropped. They're big and bad behind this mic. And then they, and, and, how? Yeah, but, but, and rest in peace to LaRae. So this woman, her name was LaRae Robinson. She did middays and had this melodic voice. Amazing. One day she didn't show up for work. And they threw me in her spot and they found out she had a heart attack getting ready for work. And that was really hard. I was doing her show when they found out everybody in the radio station was freaking out. I mean, she'd done this shift for 30 years. It was so hard because I was like, I'm not her. I'm so high energy and top 40. And she was so amazing at her job. And then I had to fill her shoes for two years and then I went on to WVAQ, rest in peace to Lacey Neff, who became one of my mentors who should have been on Z100, but turned down Z100 in New York to program WVAQ in West Virginia because he programmed that radio station like it was in a top five market. Oh, okay. And Lacey nice. won five Marconis for that. The only other person to win five Mar- Marconis is Don Imus. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lacey was amazing. And so I did that. And then... And then I went to Pittsburgh, then I went to Nashville, Dallas, and now I'm doing my syndicated country show, Life with Lindsay. There's more stories in that, but I don't know if we have time for all of it. Kind of just depends, whatever you want to share. First off, it was hard at first because I, I even have a conversation with Charlie. I'm like, listen, Lorraine's done. The, I, he was like, just, you have to just be you. You're not her. Just do what you do. And then they ended up loving me. Um, so I did that for two years, but I was like, listen, I'm not going to stay on AC radio forever. Like, you know, this is like when you're like, you're... <laughs> I shouldn't throw right. away. But when you get older, you go on the AC radio or classic rock or whatever. I'm like, listen, 
I don't want to do, I want to do top 40. And yeah. so I kept pushing and pushing. And I finally got hired at WVAQ, which is the big top 40. And I was living my absolute best life in West Virginia. Yes, I was. Because literally I was on the midday show. I was doing seven, seven nights a week. I had appearances. I made so much money in endorsements because, you know, we don't make anything on the regular right. salary. And so I was living my best life. Lacey got sick. Um, he had a heart transplant. He was like, yeah, I know he survived that. It was crazy. He was like programming the radio station from the hospital bed because he just, that's he loved, that was his love. It's, yeah. It was what he did. And VAQ was his baby. Again, VAQ in market 270 won five Marconis. Oh my God. Like, he was just a radio soul and he was crazy. And, um, and so he got sick. And then when he got sick, they made this other guy who was intimidated by me, mm -hmm. uh, the interim program director. And it just, it wasn't the same after that. And um, the whole time I had been in West Virginia, I was trying to get up to Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh's top 25. It's 45 minutes away. And one of my mentors from Zona 4, Nick Taylor, told me, you need to hit up Mark Anderson. And I had hit up Mark Anderson when I first got to West Virginia mm -hmm. and constantly kept in contact with him. Well, he started coming after me when I was in West Virginia. And at first he asked me to do weekends. Well, you know, little old ambitious me, Charlie Cook, the consultant that brought me in, he left. He went to Cumulus, right? Okay. So that's why I ended up in Nashville. But he left because he was, he was the consultant for West Virginia Radio. Well, he had left and gone. Lacey's sick. He's in the hospital. I'm like, I got nobody. No more. Those are like my guys, right? So when Mark Anderson came after me and was like, hey, can you come do weekends in Pittsburgh? It's only 45 minutes away. You know, that's very common in like the bigger markets. Like when people are trying to get into New York City, mm -hmm. they'll be on the outside markets. They'll have a full-time gig. And then they drive to the city to do weekends because they're trying to get their foot in the door. So this is not unheard of, right? Okay. And Pittsburgh is a completely separate market than, West, than Morgantown. Yeah. And so I went up to the big, the big dog. I went up to the big dog and I just had a meeting. I don't even know what I was thinking. Like, well, I can't <laughs> believe I did that. But I did. I had a meeting with him and I just, I just asked him. I'm like, I, cause I had no contract. Now I had been in West Virginia radio for three years. I was on four stations a day there. Mm -hmm. okay. I did middays. I was voice tracking, um, a rhythmic CHR down in Charleston. I was doing the four and one for that new top 40. I was supposed to be on. Like I was doing all kinds of stuff. I was, I was doing it. And so, um, I had no contract, so I didn't think it was a big, that's what probably why I did it. So he was the CEO. He made West Virginia what it was. He made it to 67 stations, whatever across the state. So I just, I went to Dale's office and I was like, Hey, um, can I go do, afternoons because I wasn't even going to ask. I was just going to go do it because I had no contract. But Mark Anderson in Pittsburgh was the one that was like, mm, no, you need to you need to say something. You need to ask. And I okay. said, OK, fine. So I had the balls to go to Dale and ask. And he looked at me like I asked, like I was going to slit his throat. He was like, what? He's like, it's the same market. I'm like, it absolutely is not the same market. It's market 25. This is market 270. He's like, yeah, but you can still hear it. I'm like, it fades out after you can hear VAQ for a while. And, yeah. But not when you get into Pittsburgh and mm -hmm. VAQ doesn't get Pittsburgh ratings. So, so he was like, absolutely not. Then I was going on vacation. All of a sudden they started having all these problems with me. So all of a sudden Dale was like, emailing me about problems he had on the air with me saying that I never talk about the listener. I only talk about myself. And I was like, 
you know, I was emailing back like, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't know you had an issue with my on-air work. Please, like, let's have an air check. What can I do? Of course, he was just, they were looking, they were, getting, they were trying to get rid of me. Mm-hmm. So then I was about to go on vacation. Before I went on vacation, I got a contract in my mailbox, which he never told me. Okay, all he knows is I had that meeting with him and it was like, um, I don't have a contract, so why can't I do this? Basically. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got this and it was a 30 cent raise. Now I'd already been there for three years. Okay. The contract was an absolute joke. It was for three more years for 30 cents more. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? They wanted to secure you from going. Correct. To- because it's like, okay, so let me, let me give you a comparison. So it's like a man. Okay. I, it was, I was going to say, it's just like, yeah, oh my God. This little man, you're messing around with him. He won't step to the plate. He doesn't want to be your boyfriend. Yes. All of a sudden he sees another man that wants you. Oh shit. Well now what? Oh my God. I got competition. You know, so now he wants to put a ring on it. But you didn't want to put a ring on it before. So that was the 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 end that was the beginning of my demise there. And yeah, I mean I've been fired. I've been fired eight times. So oh yeah. So I'm halfway to Howard Stern. Howard Stern <laughs> was fired 16. So I'm halfway there. Anyways, I get this contract. I send him an email. I say, Hey, I was unaware you wanted to put me on contract. I would love to discuss this and negotiate this. And so of course I came back and no one ever negotiated. And then they fired me. I think I was there for about a month longer and then they fired me and I had already been talking to Pittsburgh for full time. Cause I, so I had called Pittsburgh back and I said, Hey, I'm not allowed to do weekends, but when you have a full-time gig, please like keep me in mind. Yeah. And so a month later they did. And then that took me three months to get hired in Pittsburgh because it's union. I am in union. I, I mean, I'm not active duty right now. I'm not paying my dues because why would I? Yeah, I'm not in a, you know, I'm not in a market where I have to do that. But it took them three months to hire me, which was oh God, it was so excruciating those three months. But I, I packed all my stuff up. Say, that I, seems like fast for some radio people. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, it is. But I mean, at that time, it didn't because I didn't have a job. But I was like traveling around. I was living my best life at that time. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, it took. I had to get in the union. I had to do all that, and I got hired at Pittsburgh to do nights on WBZZ, and um, that was. <laughs> Huge for me because top 25 market, and this is, you know, Dallas was always my dream. Okay. And uh, I knew in, to get into a top 10 market, I'd have to get into top 25. So it was huge okay. for me to get to Pittsburgh. And because you said the one right before that, what was 275? Yeah, 272, I believe. I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, it was a small market. Yeah. And I just was like, if I would have paid to see the look on their face when I got, when they, you know, published on All Access that I got hired in Pittsburgh. Oh, hi, bitches. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, then. <laughs> So that was CBS radio at the time. So then I was there for a year, which I started doing sports entertainment because I do. One of the goals of my career is I want to work in football. And so I was doing a um, bit called Locker Room Secrets there where I was going into the Pirates locker room and asking them questions that had nothing to do with baseball. I was doing my show live from PNC Park. And so I was just like, well, I'm going to start this. and I'm going to start doing and I was I wanted to do it for the Steelers and all the other stuff. I never got a chance to. But I, I started doing sports stuff there. It was amazing. And so Took me three months to get in. I'm in Pittsburgh for a year, living my best life. Then CBS radio gets sold off. And guess what? When you're in a union market, if you don't have seniority, you're the first to go, honey. That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. And I'll never forget. I came into work that one day and I saw the union do there and I had never seen him in the radio station. I said, oh, shouldn't I be fired? (laughs) Um, And they let, there was, there was, 
six of us that they let go between all the stations that were there because we have Y108 and the, the sports station and something else. And, and so then I got fired again. And I was like, damn it. Like I got fired. I was only in Pittsburgh a year. Um, and again, I was like, damn, I'm in the union. I'm still, that was the only time I got paid to get let go though. Okay. <laughs> time because of that union contract. And so, yep, I was let go again. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then Charlie called me and said, hey, you want to come to Nashville? And I know I'm going to give myself away and people are probably going to judge me now because I do a syndicated country radio show now. And I <laughs> love country and I want to stay in country. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, I don't know anything about country music, Charlie. And I don't know anything about Nashville. And he's like, just come here. You'll love it. And so I was a swing between two stations on 95.5 Nash Icon and Nash FM 103.3, which is now um, 1033 Country. And so I came down to visit. I was like, oh, my God, there's a lot going on. And this is I was in Dallas for four. I was here, too. So this is about six years, six, seven years ago. Okay. Uh, and Nashville was really just starting its boom then. And I was like, man, this is a really cool. And so then I had to come. I know this. I'm literally calling myself out because I can do this. I literally was on country radio and I didn't know shit about nothing or no artist. And like my my roommate, she had to like quiz me. She's like, so who is that? And I was like, I don't know, Luke Bryan. She was like, no, Russell Dickerson. I'm like, okay. It's funny because if I'm meeting you now more recently, you know, within the last year, I would have <laughs> no idea. I would have thought that you would have known that you were born country, that you've been listening to it forever. <laughs> well, thank that's, you. That's it so says funny. a lot. Thank you. I I appreciate that so much. And people are probably, I'm probably going to get judged by some people, but I'm just, it's be, I'm just being honest but I fell yeah. in love with Nashville there's nothing like Nashville and then I was here for two years and I was doing uh I was you know he had me on 95.5 Nash Icon which means you're also on the network Westwood One mm -hmm. and I was doing things and I just was like I, my dream was Dallas and I wanted to go to Dallas and I kind of went to Dallas on a whim now I ended up working at Cumulus so I worked at Cumulus in Nashville and then you mean like you just moved that you just moved there yeah I, okay. I just because I, I, I didn't have a guarantee of a job because I was like Dallas is my dream. I'm going to have to go do it now. Sure. Like I'm going to have to go do it now. And Charlie was like, don't leave. And I was like, I have to leave. I just felt like I had to do it. And so I went down there and I'm getting a job on the top 40 station and at hot 93.3 in Dallas. And then when I, when I went to Dallas, all I wanted to do was go back to Nashville and back to country music. Cause I was like, I don't want to do top 40 radio. Now I love top 40 radio because of the high energy and it made me who I am as a radio personality. But There's I, something different about country radio for sure. Yeah. I just wanted to be back in Nashville and it's so crazy. And I did some great things. I was covering the Mavericks when I was down in Dallas at the right before this is pre pandemic you know, the pandemic kind of messed up things. And I had a situation there, which, you know, well, when I write the book later on, I'll, I'll tell you all about that. But, um, and I did some great things and I honestly became a Texan. Like I, I miss Texas a little bit. And then I got the opportunity right when, right before the pandemic, um, I was approached by Andy at United Stations and said, Hey, we're, we're starting this new thing called day parts on demand. It's where we're having syndicated shows, but you can put it on any day part you want. And I, I noticed the trend of syndication. If you look at Tino Caccino, shout out to Tino. He's on like 85 stations, whatever he is. But that's what they started to do. They're marketing syndication for any day part. And I was like, oh, this is the new wave. So he was like, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah. And so I started Life with Lindsay in 2019, but we, we didn't announce it. We were just kind of, you know, we got our first couple of affiliates to see how it would go. And then we really announced it 
CRS 2020, right before the pandemic. <laughs> Top five radio, I will say that was my dream. It was my dream market. It was all these things. Woo! <laughs> I haven't really got settled in quite yet in Nashville. Yeah, you like, like just back there, right? Yeah, I, ju- I mean, I've been here for like three weeks. Yeah. So I'm just, yeah, I'm still here. Um, It's crazy. It's so different. Uh, Just like how many people here, first off, the cost of living has skyrocketed, almost Dallas prices. Yeah, it's crazy. And there's just so many more things here that wasn't here when I was, I mean, I was in Texas for about four years. So there's so many new things that I don't even know or like it's kind of exciting. So I'm still kind of getting adjusted and try to settle down. And yeah, but I'm excited to be back in Nashville because again, as my friend Brian called it, it's country Hollywood. And if you're doing a country radio show, it's not bad to be here. You know what I mean? Oh my God. It's like perfect. And people can hate me for saying this, but I'm not moving and I'm not taking jobs and moving for radio anymore. There's a lot of you now that are like that. Correct. Mm -hmm. Because like we can do stuff from home. I mean, I have a studio right now at home. That's what I'm doing. But I wanted to be in Nashville. Yeah. There was only a few places I wanted to be. The only other place I wanted to be is in Florida because I love the beach. I grew up in Virginia Beach. That's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And so I would I'd want to be there. I wanted to stay in Dallas or I wanted to be in Nashville, to be quite honest. And so I was like, no, I want to be in Nashville and I'm going to move back. And I think I'm done moving state to state. But who knows? Because you never know what the future brings. But yes. Yeah, I think the switch of where radio is kind of missing here is that the the, the millennials, mm-hmm. the, the younger audience, the generation, they want authenticity. Yeah. And I'm not saying that radio doesn't have that because I'm on the radio and I'm authentic, but I'm also in the rare. I'm also an outlaw kind of because I speak up on these things. Why are we running radio stations like 1955? It's not 1955 anymore. Yeah. And so with this new generation, when it comes to the internet, they, they seek out authentic. Like, I hate to say this and I'm, you know, come, somebody's coming at me when you post this clip. Okay. Because (laughs) we're the roses. I mean, we all know what that is. Okay. And I feel like this generation wore the roses would never work on TikTok. It's not authentic. You know, listen, I get it. It works for people and they're getting ratings on it. So I'm not hating on anybody that does it because listen, I use, (laughs) Okay, don't post this clip, but you can leave it in there. I use callers, you know, and I and 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 I record that. So I work in radio, so I get it. Okay. Yeah. But also, like when you're talking about social media, that is where the difference is, is so that stuff still can work on terrestrial broadcasts. But when you go to the internet and you're going to these millennials and you're trying to grab them, they're only gravitating towards authentic, not staged things. Yeah. Did you see the thing? I think a year or two ago, but it was some younger kid or whatever that was like calling out like the, the calls that you do or whatever. And just, oh, no, I saw somebody posted on the Facebook page, the radio peeps face. I was like, <laughs> it was so true. Yeah. I like watched it. And I mean, I, I'm in radio, but I was like, damn, this is, this is true. This is a true. Lot of it was simple shit that they could fix too. You know, with some of the stuff like, Hey, you know, they said like, where's, you know, I want to get my story in. How do I call the number? Okay. I found the number. Nobody fucking Nobody answers. answers. You know how easy it is to get a Google number and we just set up a mm-hmm. fake voicemail box or something to make it mm-hmm. all seem like it's a little real mm-hmm. and they don't take those little steps, but it takes people like that who share the video now that has you know, 2 million plus views on it. Some yeah. random dude that knows nothing about radio, nothing behind the scenes, nothing. That- I hate to say this, but it's just like, you know, I don't know how much, you know, radio stations keep cutting jobs 
And I get that. I have a syndicated show. So some people get upset at me and I understand that. But also I worked my ass off. I've been fired eight times. I've been on every side. I also knew at a very young age, I would never survive unless I made it on syndication. I don't know why I knew that in 2007, but I did. Uh-huh. And and so I worked my ass off and I have a whole new set of problems with trying to get new affiliates when, you know, Odyssey's, uh, you know, they're syndicating themselves. I mean, listen, syndication is not easy either. That's no. a whole nother ball game. That's another podcast. We could talk about syndication problems. It's got a hustle on its own. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you, you think in like any career, you, you go up the ladder, you get to the next level and then you're on the bottom of the ladder again. And that's, yeah. you know, so I've made a syndication, but I'm not Howard Stern or I'm not Tino Caccino. I'm not these people that have all these, these affiliates. We're still trying to build it yeah. and, and so you know so I'm just saying it's it's always good to put your brand out there and start trying to side hustle and make money because like you know you don't want to have to depend on what that salary is from the radio station it's good I'm not saying don't take it what I'm saying is side hustles gotta yeah. have mm-hmm. don't just put all your eggs in, in the radio basket mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. what is your dream if you if you had your dream situation tomorrow, my ideal situation is to be honest, hosting a two female afternoon syndicated show for country radio Ooh, I love from Nashville. That. Nobody's doing that mm-hmm. right now. Not right? two females. Mm-mm, no, ma'am. Not in country. Now you do have, you know, Dee Dee in the morning on urban radio. You know, she's based in Dallas. Um, and there's a couple other, I, I don't, I don't remember, um, what the Grand Rapids, uh, in top morning, 40, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, there's, there's a couple, um, two female shows in top 40, uh, that are doing good things, but not in country. A couple of reasons why I want to do afternoons. Number one, I'm not trying to wake up at 3am. Number one, number yeah. two, yeah. I, I think it's, it's, it's easier option because you have less, um, competition when it comes to syndication in afternoons where everybody's in morning shows fighting that battle. Don't want to do that. And also, I also think again, forward thinking, here I go. Um, you know, morning shows have always been the staple of the radio station. Okay. Uh But when people start working from home, you know, they can be listening from home, but they're not listening in the shower like they used to. They're not listening on the commute. But listen, people are still going to pick up their kids in the afternoon. They're going to the grocery store, all these things. So I feel, again, I don't know. What do I know? But I feel like afternoon is the more important day part than morning shows. Oh, my God, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, somebody's coming for me after this. The fact that you say that, like, I'm already excited. Like, okay, who can who can we pair with you? Who, who can we try this with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we take a chance on Wednesday. Gives me the opportunity to do it. That's the thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. We got to get. That's what we got to get. You're listening to the Radio Fam podcast. Find the Radio Fam on all the social platforms at the Radio Fam.